Hey folks, this is Glenn Man, Glenn the Talking Man from New York with another Random Thoughts episode of the podcast. As you may know, Random Thoughts are the most dangerous form of podcasting ever because you never know what's going to be said, what's going to be heard. So this is Season 3, Episode 10. It's Saturday morning. And look, when you were a kid, nothing was better than Saturday morning, right? Back in the day, get up early in the morning Get you a big bowl of cereal, or sugary cereal. Watch your favorite cartoons. Now, uh, you know, now kids can watch cartoons anytime they want. 24 hours a day, they can, on that got iPads, they can get cartoons from Netflix and Hulu and Nickelodeon and Disney and Toon Disney and Kid Disney. There's like five different Disneys. So they, they can watch anything anytime they want. But back in the day, you know, Saturday mornings was when you need to see your cartoons. The Smurfs and Spider-Man and his amazing friend and uh, whatever else was going on. And that was your day. Now, as an adult, Saturdays can be great as an adult, too. You get up, have yourself a big cup of coffee or tea, if you prefer tea. And you, you know, people watch the news they, or they, maybe they watch... Maybe listen to podcasts, or they listen to music, or they, they do some reading. I will say this. I think the healthiest thing you can do as an adult on the weekend is try to avoid cable news. Now, everyone needs to be informed. I'm not, I, I believe that people should know what's going on. But I think for your, this is your mental state. If you can avoid cable news during the weekend... I'm not, now, there's like a, a real emergency, something really important going on. By all means, tune in, see what's happening, what's going on, especially if you're in the vicinity of, of the situation. But if you really can avoid cable news on the weekend, I think you'd be doing yourself a, a lot of good. You'd be relieving yourself of a lot of stress of everything. Because you don't really need, first of all, a lot of the information is repeated over and over again also there's a lot of pundits and talking heads some of them are who are good some of them who are smart and wise some who are just good on tv and some who don't really have nothing anything good to say they're just there to uh be antagonistic or be provocative in some manner or just to fill up time so if you can you know i'm not saying stand i'm not i'm not saying don't be aware of what's happening in the world around you but you know i think it's really good to sort of Keep the weekend uh, stress free if you can. So you know that's that's what that's that would be my advice uh, to you. So it is Labor Day weekend, and you know we'll see what people are doing. People are uh, people have plans as we get back. Uh, I guess back to normal. Not really, but uh, you know. The unemployment numbers were out. The, the new jobs numbers came out yesterday. So I think unemployment fell to like uh, so pretty like a low that during the pandemic, but uh, not as many jobs were created. And I'm not an economics uh, expert, right? even though I've always been fascinated by the topic. And in fact, when I was in school, that was one of my favorite subjects. I just love. You know, macroeconomics, hearing about, you know, just 
monetary and fiscal policy and I know that sounds really nerdy and boring but I always find the subject fascinating and there's been a lot of talk about you heard you've heard the sto- you've heard the stories you may be affected by it. how a lot of people do not want to go back to the office uh a lot of people because of the pandemic had to work from home and a lot of people loved it and they didn't have to deal with any commutes and dealing with strangers on a train or just being stuck on the traffic and on the highway. Uh, they had to worry about nosy co-workers. They had to worry about micromanaging supervisors and managers peeking over their shoulder every minute to justify their own existence. So a lot of people, they, they like, it's a better lifestyle, a better quality of life for them to be at home, to be in their surroundings. People feel more productive. And the Wall Street Journal actually had a really interesting story, I think it was a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, about people who, because they were working from home, had actually taken on a second full-time job without telling their uh, their original employer. So, and, and these are people who work like, these are people who are like engineers, so, you know, software engineers, people who, you know, perhaps marketing, perhaps, and everything. But people who have managed to uh, schedule their lives in a way to work two full-time jobs while at home, doubling their salary. And still, you know, it's it's a Wall Street Journal article, so I don't know if it's behind a paywall, so it might be difficult to find. I I was able to read it because it was like, sometimes, you know, Apple News, they have stories that you can read for free. So it was one of those stories they had that you could read for free about a week ago. So maybe you can still find it. But it's very interesting how people have, uh, were doing. Now, you can say that's wrong or hustling or whatever. But it just shows you that, you know, I think people, uh, the pandemic definitely changed the way people feel about life and the way they approach life and think about life uh, in, many, in many aspects. So I think, you know, quality of life, uh, how you, what you do, how you do it, where you want to live. A lot of people... Uh, decided to move. Uh, there's a story, I haven't watched it yet. I think CBS this morning has a story about people from New York City who moved upstate uh, during the pandemic because they wanted to be be around less people, be around nature, wanted to be outside. And so I think people have been discovering through this troubling time, I think who they really want to be and what they really want and I think that this is an adjustment period that I think companies and businesses and, and employers have to deal with. Because um, I think, you know, people are demanding more. People want more. People, I, I'm a proponent of, like, uh, I, like I said, well, this hasn't been vetted by any uh, economists or anything like this. But I'm, a, I'm in favor of, like, a 25-hour work week paired with a 25-hour minimum wage. Now, how do you pay for that? Uh, probably, perhaps the minimum wage is subsidized by the government in some manner, like a payroll tax credit. This is getting a little too wonky and nerdy, but bear with me. And because I, I think leisure time is important, uh, that sometimes we say this is work time, this is leisure time, and leisure time is considered sometimes uh, not as important. But I think leisure time is important, and I think outside of jobs where you really need to put the hours in to really do well, like maybe like a surgeon or something 
or number one, but I think most jobs, you don't need to be there five days a week, you know, for 40, 35 hours, whatever. I think most jobs, retail, customer service, office administrative, whatever, they could live with you being there maybe three days a week. And, I, you know, I think things like job sharing and all that, it's an interesting thing, so you should look them up. So, we're not going to go further into that. So, here in New York City, uh, as you know, the remnants of Hurricane Ida really did a damage to the city, uh, numerous deaths. And many of these deaths took place in basement apartments. And, of course, uh, one of the things, if you're not from New York, you should know that basement apartments, many of which are illegal, but they are popular. They're popular because people need place to live. They need rent. So they need somewhere affordable. Uh, a lot of people who convert basements into apartments use the income to help pay their mortgage, to help, you know, live. So there's a lot, you know, so this issue, there's a lot of issues with housing and everything like that. A lot of what makes affordable housing and everything. And right now, it's like a big thing about affordable housing, like in Soho, which is one of, like, you know, fanciest, you know, richest neighborhoods in the city. And look, I I would love to live in, like, Soho area. Soho, Nolita, I love that area, my favorite. Uh, but it's such a rich neighborhood. I'm like, even if I could have, like, a really cheap rent down there, could I afford to live down there? Because everything is so expensive. It's like, there's not, like, not, you know... Not too many corner bodegas where I can just go get a bacon, egg, and cheese for like two fifty. There's a couple of places you can get something cheap, but not too many. So, but that's sort of uh, interesting conversations we are having here, always in New York about where to live, affordable housing, uh, things like that. So, let's talk about reality TV. Reality TV gets a a bum rap sometimes. Even though it's very popular, it's often derided as being a waste of time, of being something, you know, that you shouldn't waste. You know, it's just a lot of people hate reality TV. But not all reality TV is the same. It's just like almost just regular scripted TV. There are scripted TV dramas that are really good, really quality. Some of this mildly entertaining. Some of this might be considered crap. I think reality TV is like that. There's reality TV that's just entertaining. There's reality TV that's like, okay, I don't know quite know who this is appealing to. And there's reality TV that's like, okay, it's just, it's just engaging or interesting. From shows dealing with, like, home repairs to, yes, of course, shows dealing with women drinking champagne and fighting with each other or shows dealing with cars or cooking shows. So, I, you know, and I think reality TV can get... I mean, especially, I mentioned earlier about The weekend, about, like, not watching the news. Reality TV is a good weekend thing to do. If you just want to binge watch something and release some stress, watch House Hunters, House Hunters International, or watch, or, you know, the Food Network, or whatever's going on. You, you know, just, you can spend a few hours and just detox from all the negativity and this bad stuff happening in the world. There's a lot of negative and there's bad stuff happening in the world. So you can, in the weekend, you can binge watch. And then Monday, you're ready to deal with all that negativity and bad stuff again. If you want to. It's up to you. Some people seem to be oblivious to everything. That saying, I used to hear this saying a lot when I was a kid. Ignorance is bliss. And I, never, I didn't really get it. 
until like the past few years really I, I understood what it meant but I didn't really get it but you're like wow people who might be considered oblivious or ignorant seem to be really happy right nothing seems to uh, affect them or impact them they don't nothing pandemics and climate change uh, unemployment uh, whatever you know asteroids falling from the sky whatever might be happening or could happen they just they don't seem to have a care in the world about it they're just living their lives now you can say that's dangerous to society that so many people just seem to be oblivious and ignorant to everything around them but dude they seem really happy like i need to like sometimes sometimes i wish i was like sometimes i wish i didn't know anything about what was going on i wish i didn't care about politics or or the state of the economy or the state of geopolitical tensions around the world which i think like sometimes i wish i wasn't even within my mind so i could just sit back and think about nothing whatever some of these people think about i don't know but yeah some people are living a very ignorantly blissful life and uh you know hey i guess i won't I, w- I wouldn't say more power to them but hey if that's how they're getting through this thing and uh i guess hey that's what works for them uh, out here so right now i'm just kind of scrolling through the tablet looking at like some of the news stories that that are happening and i think which uh sort of you know, there's been a lot of uh, vaccine anti-vaccine and the skepticism and look, there's a difference between i think healthy skepticism of authority right i think everyone should have healthy skepticism of authority everyone should take with a grain of salt and be like hmm really is that the case but i also think there's a lot of skepticism which is just born out of ego like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen to anyone i'm not gonna listen to anyone above me telling me anything of how to live and what to do and this sense of sort of identity that people develop of being contrarian to whatever the status quo is whatever has become the norm contrarian for contrarian's sake which is really boring like if you're gonna be contrarian be because it's because you got real reasons and real just doing it just because uh it just seems like a, a world of trouble and a lot of sh- unnecessary stress uh so i, I mean I, I, but yeah skepticism is good but when your skepticism is when you start from a point of i'm just going to be skeptical just to be skeptical and not try to ascertain new information or understand that maybe my knowledge of such information may be limited. So that's why we have experts. Now, you can be skeptical of experts, but when you completely dismiss people who have a lot of knowledge and because you you know you saw something on YouTube or from an anonymous person or someone's aunt's cousin's brother's best friend's sister posted something on Facebook and you're like, "Ha, ah, this is the truth." Really? That's more truthful than, you know, someone who from authorities and institutions like i mean if you're gonna be skeptical of that shouldn't you be skeptical of this random anonymous people that you don't know who have credentials like i don't understand this where i'm skeptical of this particular point of view but this point of view which doesn't have any background doesn't have any kind of resume that i'm gonna i'm gonna say that's the truth that's what's real why are people doing that because it confirms uh what they want so we, you know, 
we we live in this this era we live in we went from the information age to or dif- disinformation is the rage because we we thought the internet would lead us to a sense of enlightenment i think because we had now access to all this information but did we have the tools to actually process and acknowledge and uh, analyze and put all of this together? Obviously not. Obviously our education system, our society did not prepare us at all for being inundated with so much information, with so much content and everything. We, we, just, we just were not ready. Part of me feels like the internet, as we know it, uh, the World Wide Web, social media... Maybe it came 10 years too early. Maybe it came a decade or two too early, at least when it comes to our preparation of how to deal with it, our, our education, and, and how we sort of mature as a culture and society. We probably maybe got all of this access too early. It's like a maybe you always hear a story about someone's kid who got their license, and the parents are terrified because the kid's like, this hell on wheels. You know, like, maybe they should have waited. Maybe that kid's not ready yet. So maybe uh, as a whole society, we weren't ready yet for all this power and access we have at the click of our fingers on our phones as to have all this information. So those are just some random thoughts on this holiday weekend. So yeah, if you want to contact me, podcast at manglen.com, man with two wins, man with two wins. If you want to contribute a little something, perhaps buy this podcast host a coffee or a bagel, or a bagel and a coffee at the same time. Uh, you can find me on Venmo with the handle at manglen, man with two wins, man with two wins. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself.